Up on IT, a podcast presented by Senate Surf Soccer Club. Remember, you can change your wife, your politics, your religion, but never, never you can change your favorite football team. Alright guys, welcome to the third week of the Upper 90 podcast presented by San and Surf Soccer Club. As you probably heard from our intro, we have a French twist to the episode this week. I'm joined weekly again by Carl Dixon with our surprise guest this week, filling in for Sam, Kevin Lopez. How you doing, buddy? Bonjour, I'm feeling pretty good. What about you guys? I'm good here, right? Good, good. Looking forward to kicking this off. Looking forward to having a French twist onto things. So, kicking off today, we are going to talking about creating a positive team culture. Who wants to kick this one off, guys? Who are we going for? Are we going to go with the French touch or the Irish man? Just before we jump into this, I want to go back to that intro that Kevin just did. Right. Uh, to all you Man City and Barcelona supporters out there, whoever wins the Champions League or the Premier League this year, I'm hoping that you stick with your team and uh, don't start supporting another team so uh, that's all I've got to say about that one what about the people who support players and not teams ah people can be fans of that but yeah. you know we'll see if we see a few Paris Saint-Germain pubs floating around this year there yeah. we go especially with the uh, Air Jordan collaboration right oh don't get me started bit of hip hop hippie I think it's pretty cool though I mean it's a nice way to to conquer the, the, the US market too you know it's a smart move. You're it's a fan? A You're a fan of seeing Neymar and Mbappe wear the Air Jordan? Yeah, I think it's original. It's part of the of the of of keep growing the culture and matching two sports in the two most popular sports on the planet. So I do I do think on the marketing. Well, cricket point, cricket and football. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what's his sports. I live in on that island. What's what's popular in France? Apart from uh, football. football. Football is the number one. Um, Smoking cigarettes. Also, yeah. Romantic lunches near the Eiffel Tower. All right, all right. I will say probably handball. Have you heard about yeah, it? Handball, yeah. yeah. This is pretty popular. It's very popular actually, in Ireland. Actually, we, we're the number one uh, since those past five. Oh, to no. I had to throw that in there, didn't we? Get, get used to it. You remember who won the last World Cup, guys? Yeah. No. Viva la France. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. England will win it one day, won't they? I was supposed to go back home last time I heard you saying that. No? It's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So with the culture, creating a positive team culture, um, you know, sometimes not easy to do. There's a lot of coaches out there, a lot of parents, players all coming together. And it, sometimes it's hard to create that culture, that winning culture, a positive culture. You know, how do you do it? What are your thoughts on that? Carl will go with you or no. Carl doesn't want it. We'll go with Kevin. Well, first, Kick it um, off. let's start with the with a, with the culture inside the country. Um, I moved here was what two thousand nine, and I moved in Venice Beach. I remember I was walking by by the by the boardwalk, and I noticed really quickly that it was not one soccer court, mm-hmm. uh, either a five aside or anything who can look like this. Uh, basketball court all over, uh, skate park, buildy builder, people working out on the beach, but not one soccer court. So um, that shows really quickly also about you know the weight of the of the sport in the in the, in the country. 
um, two, um, I spent three World Cup here, so I saw how football, in terms of the World Cup, uh, grow in a country. And the first World Cup was 2010, and I barely saw people wearing jerseys or even mm. flags. Um, I saw this growing a little bit around 2014, probably because the US was qualified. And they actually had a pretty strong team, so I felt that people were running behind the, 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 the team. Uh, one of the most impressive things I was in Amosa Beach, I thought, I remember they put a huge screen on the pier. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was where I saw that it was growing a little bit. I wasn't really involved into coaching yet. And 2018, even if the team wasn't qualified, uh, I was seeing more Mexican jersey, French jersey, uh, English jersey. So now it no, definitely grow. No so, Irish jerseys. No Irish jerseys. Continue. Um, so yeah, it definitely grow, grow the culture grows. Um, now we have to be careful how and, and, and make sure that it grows in a positive, in a positive way, not in, a, not in every direction, if we can say. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Carl, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that, you know, although the sport is popular within, you know, kids playing it, the, the culture still is growing. You know, it really is still only at the starting point you know on a Sunday the popular thing still to do is watch NFL which is fine and great so I think as coaches and people who work within the game we have to create the culture more with our teams and mm -hmm. kids and we have to give them more opportunity to get exposed to the game so I think like Kevin said when the World Cup was on with your team having a viewing party you know, if there's a big Premier League game, maybe the team gets together, watches that, then plays their game after. And it's just getting the kids and that culture embedded in them. You know, what I actually love at this point, and we'll all relate, we grew up playing FIFA. Yeah. Right? FIFA 98, I remember that. Oh, and yeah, sure. indoors, remember the yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I love now is obviously the world's culture, you know, playing computer games is super popular so you're actually seeing kids you know playing FIFA and they understand formations and no mm -hmm. and it helps them to get to know players and see the game so again it's just that little exposure to the game is great for them and I think the more we do that it just it makes it more fun right so definitely yeah, I would agree with that I think question I'd have for you guys is personal preference so when there's a soccer game on or you go to a soccer game in the US, for example, you go to a Galaxy game, what do you think of the people who are wearing the random jersey? So you're at a Galaxy game and they're wearing a Brazil jersey or a Liverpool jersey. What do you, I think that's something that a lot of coaches from a European perspective is new to them. I don't think that happens much in Europe. Whereas over here, you know, it's just a general thing. If you go into a soccer game, wear a soccer jersey, no matter the colour or the badge. What's, oh, your, yeah. thought? What's your thoughts on that? Nah, look, it's part I, of culture yeah, right? yeah I think people look if they're putting on a Brazil shirt at least they're showing the enthusiasm to put on a soccer shirt Definitely. instead of going in a Green Bay Packer <laughs> shirt you know so and a helmet yeah look it's I think one thing us Europeans probably do too much is judge the game out here yeah. and it, it's never going to be like we're used to where you know if you, you go to the theatre of dreams 
you're gonna see most people, you know, walking around wearing a United top mm. or a Cagoule jacket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Skinny, but, skinny jeans. Yeah, you don't see someone on a random day wearing an Everton top, you know, when they're not playing. So, right. but it's just it's just a difference. But I, I credit to the people that's trying to make an effort. That's why I say. Yeah, fair. Uh, it's tough to it's tough to to compare Europe comparing to to America. I mean, I we grew up. On a continent where football is number one, um, like from the tiny little village to the biggest city in a, in a country. So yes, we used to, you know, uh, buy every season a new jersey. We used to watch games on the couch with our parents. Um, as a whole story, in 1993, the first and only uh, Champions League won by a French club, Marseille. Uh, I still remember my dad screaming on the balcony. So. We had the chance to experience that and to live that. Um, here in the US, they never really experienced that. So it grows, yes, um, through MLS, for example, uh, who's trying to, to bring um, some, some legendary players. The first one who come in mind is David Beckham, uh, Thierry Henry, uh, and today's Latan Ibrahimovic. Those guys, um, I think, are... Like, what about Liam Ridgewell? Uh, sorry, no, no idea about this guy. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about legends. <laughs> Ashley no, Cole. Ashley Cole is one of them, definitely. No, no comment, no comment. No, I think those guys are, are, are here more to promote and to grow that culture, uh, to promote the league more than for the athletic and, and actual performance. Let's so like Wayne Rooney currently right now yeah, at DC United. So, yes, they're trying to, 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 to attract and to grow the, the culture on that side. Now, is it really on the performance, looking to have really competitive teams? I'm not sure. Um, so, it, it will take times. They're on the right way, I want to say. Uh, but it will still take times. Yeah, I think most definitely we can all agree that it's going to take time with anything. Imagine if... The European country started trying to learn American football. You know, it will take time. We're not going to be the best in the world at, at the start. And, you know, it's just the way it is. But going more into the focus of, you know, we are club coaches, coaching over here in America. So more of a focus on that. What do you like to do with your teams and your players to create that positive culture and to create a happy place and then players to develop and learn? Do you have any particular traits, particular exercises you do or particular outside correct outside activities? Something to create, you know, a buzz around the sport and a buzz around your team in particular. Well, first, first of all, it's my first uh, year experience as fully involved into a club, the way it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, and one of the first things that I that I did from both of my team, um, I asked during the first week um, to have to for each players to uh, to start looking for a team. A team, a European team or MLS team, uh, and I asked them to to follow that team during the whole season, mm. just so you know they can start to recognize um, that red jersey looks like Manchester United, you know, or PSG. Like to get to understand and to know um, to know the, the 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 teams, to have a team, to start supporting a team. Then I asked them to looking for one player to identify themselves. Uh, I, I had the chance to grow in uh, in a generation who saw probably one of the best soccer player ever, Zinedine Zidane, and it's been it's been it's been a definitely a role model for me in terms of of how to play the game. 
So I've been following him this whole career and today I identify myself or try to identify myself or to understand his coaching technique. Mm -hmm. So I do think that it's good also to identify yourself and to follow one player and one club. Um, and two, uh, one of the most important thing was to create, you know, that chemistry in a team, which is a key point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So it was also try to spend some time outside of soccer fields um, to get to go watch, I don't know, a movie together, um, spend some time and go eat some, some French pastry uh or you know um trying, yeah trying to, is this, to you want to plug the local french restaurant here we go <laughs> if you want amazing french place creme de la crepe this is this said um trying to also force them to to think a little bit outside of the box uh soccer it's not just playing on the turf or on a nice grass it could be also to just bounce the ball on the wall and doing all together or challenge ourselves on the fiver side on the basketball court so really trying to to have the thing the kids thinking outside of the box and and and, and push them to have another point of view on, on the game or even you know? play on the concrete streets yeah. of paris with jumpers for goalposts so. for, for example um i mean i grew up i grew up in uh, in paris and then i had the chance to move around uh, the the french alps but anywhere i had the chance to spend some time we play clubs, but we also play outside of clubs. Mm. And, um, and it's also a huge part of, of soccer development in, in, uh, in, in France. When I look at the French team 2019, most of them are from uh, low-income communities. So yes, they learn and have the chance to go in amazing academies, but we have this thing that I'm sure you guys have also in, in England or in, in uh, Ireland. We have those five side courts all over the city. Yeah. So you got to, on your own, after your homework, of course, kids, um, to take your ball and to step onto, into those fields and, and play pickup games. Mm. Uh, no coaches, no parents around. Just play. So you just do your thing. Um, the only judge are the other players. And they can be older or they can be younger. So first of all, you take the initiative as a player and as a young player is to step on that court. Right. And there can be extra hours of practice uh, without even feeling it that way. You play, uh, you're 12 years old, you play against a 15, 16 years old. Um, you create that confidence when you step back into, into, club, uh, into club because you go back against 12 years old kids and you remember that yesterday you play against uh, Eric who's, uh, who's four years older than you and you make him. So that, that built up that confidence. So I'd like to see more of those fields first all around the cities. And I like to see those kids taking those initiatives. Mm -hmm. And if they do not do this, it's probably because, uh, and we step in another culture, um, the difference between European culture and American culture. Yeah. We overprotected our kids here, I do think. All right, that's yeah. something we can get into maybe a little bit later. But yeah, I think yeah. you make some good points. It's clear to see that Kevin advocates extra touches on the ball, creating that culture of loving the sport, being obsessed with the sport, I think. If you create a culture with these kids like to play the game whenever they get an opportunity to kick the ball at home, that will create a positive culture for the individual who could bring that to the team. I think that's what the kind of line you're going on. Yeah. And then uh, interested to see what you think on this, Carl, coming from maybe a different background or even how you bring your culture and your force into your team over here in the US. Yeah, uh, I think Kevin has got something special that I don't think a lot of us have. I think we 
love the game. You know, I think we're big supporters of it. You know, we're watching as many games as we can, mm -hmm. talking about on TV, you know, and following articles. But Kevin truly, like, loves the game. Like, honestly, I picture at home he's got his duvet with his wife and kid with, with footballs, soccer balls all over him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he, The same one he's had for 20 years. <laughs> he pours out this love for the sport where I think myself... I'm a little bit more kind of structured and focused in another way of like coaching and organization. So I love the culture that Kevin brings. I think it is the French culture. You know, you look at all the French pro players and the culture was growing up playing outside in all these courts. We, we had those areas, but... Maybe not as much. Yeah, it, it you know, and we played in school, but I feel, you know, also you had in the French part of just the love Factor. I, I think the culture that he creates is very special for the kids. Uh, I've seen a lot of different techniques, you know, whether it's coaches asking their kids, right, pick a favorite team in the Premier League or collect the Premier League stickers yeah, that's great and you know, get to know the players, you know, or even to the point of like uh, one of our past coaches, Dave Kendall, massive Leicester City fan forced all his kids to follow Leicester City. <laughs> just, you know, just for a, an, an example of, hey, you know, take an interest in it. Uh, with, with myself and my groups, I come from more of the other side of the, the structure, the educational side, you know, do a lot of education with the parents on their approach and w what kind of culture they should create from the sideline with the kids focusing on obviously enjoying the game and giving them tons of avenues to play like we'll go play futsal we'll play at the beach you know we'll play on tennis courts and do that but i also base a lot of my team culture around the structure learning and development of the game i honestly think sometimes i could probably flow a little bit more into the kevin side but it's personality of course it's personality based as well and and i think in general like we give as many avenues as we can for the kids to, you know, get the culture. But it's just, it's just fun to see like different, you know, different strategies. You know, and and for me, like it it helps me to maybe tweak, and I could definitely be better sometimes at creating more of a a, a love for the game and you know adding in little spices. So I think like for your for Kevin's teams, you know, having them play in Venice Beach against adults and stuff like I've never done that but that's pretty cool I think that's a cool experience so you know it's just it, it's all different right 100% that is football or soccer right it's a game of opinions and it's a game of personalities and bringing and different it, things together right yeah, it's a social it's a social sport when you think about it um, look I'm gonna take an example of this weekend um, we put together this 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 team um, with Sen and Surf, which is, by the way, the, the only clubs uh, who allowed me to, to put this team together. We call it the Silver Team. The idea of this team was to, um, to help kids coming from the east side of, of, of the city mm -hmm. uh, to access uh, to, a, to a competitive league. And, um, and that was our first game last weekend. And we have kids from uh, Norwalk, from Bellflower, from Curver City, from Beverly Hills, Manhattan Beach, and Redondo Beach. 
this is what the sport is all about. Bringing everybody together Bring under one roof. Bringing everybody together mm-hmm. under one color and get to know each other. Yep. This is one of the most social sports on the planet. And why is it so popular? For those reasons. Um, I'm French. Uh, I had the chance to play these sports all over, all over the, 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 the world. I played in Thailand. My dad is from West Coast Africa. I played there. All over France and Europe. Um, this is what this sport is all about, bringing people together. And this is always a subject of conversation as, as long as you know a little bit about the sport. How many times did I start a conversation running to someone wearing a Chelsea jersey, hey, Drogba, you know, hey, Drogba, and people start laughing and we start interacting together. Mm. So that culture is all around the world um, and it's growing. And I do think that one of the last markets is US. So that's why I go back to what I was saying. Um, we have to be careful how to grow it here in US because there's so many, it's still a young sport here and fresh sport here. So we need to make sure that people understand uh, the, the sport in a right way, in a right way. 100% I agree with you. And I think especially in a city of Los Angeles, which is a melting pot of culture oh, and yeah. different backgrounds, you yeah. know, I think it's fundamental that we do encourage that and bring maybe our backgrounds and our personal experiences over here and what a great opportunity to do it in a, in a country and a city like this. You know, America is known for that freedom and, you know, so many different backgrounds and cultures coming together and it should be a positive for everybody. It I should think. be positive. Yeah. But you know, we, we realise sometimes it's not always the case. Not always, not um, always. But I, I mean, I think as coaches of the youth and developing the youth, we have to, you know, spin it in a positive way and do our best as individuals to bring that positivity and bring an av- an adequate way of bringing everybody together Definitely. and teaching the sport Definitely. and the game in the right way and creating, as we're talking about, a great team culture. So just another question I would have for you guys is, do you think at times America tries to make the sport too American? If, um, you, if you understand what I mean. Who? Um, you mean, what, what do you mean by that? Maybe I'll jump over to Carl on this one and see what he thinks and then... Maybe we can get your opinion on it. He might be able to give us more of a uh, more of an avenue to it. I think what I think what you're kind of going along the lines of is you're talking about the the social, like Kevin's talking about the social aspects of the game and the culture from where he's from. Uh, you know, the sport here isn't that old. So, do you think we're, you know? The culture here they're trying to embed other sports within our culture that was already built instead of maybe taking a little bit more bits and pieces from other places you, you, you mean by that they're trying to uh, Americanize the sport in some ways because I mean first thing come in mind to me regarding soccer um, it's first of all um, the price that it costs to play in a, to play in a club um, back back in France, that was what a hundred euro for the season, and when I was for the whole season. Um, also, another example, I remember the way they used to kick penalty kicks in the first season of the MLS. I don't know if you remember. Oh, the one v one, like hockey, ice hockey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, and 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 the the, the little, the little cherry that. on the on 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 the top of the cake, it's the name itself. How can you change the name uh, of like 
um, a game. The, the number of the the view of the final of the World Cup, I think it's two billion, two billion view. Um, and uh, the numbers of a view of American football final, it's something like 100 million. How can you change the name of the most popular game on the planet? You know, football is football. Do you think that's what America America's all about, though, is I do you know, taking something and trying to make it the, the, better, the, make it different and better in their own sense? You know, we well, know the history of America. It's yeah. still a new country, but they came, you know, they created their country from other backgrounds and they put it together and made it bigger and better. And I think that's what the American argument is. That's what they tried to do, right, is, is take something and with their resources and their ability to do so with the... You know, again, like I said, the resources they have, they tried to make it bigger and better. So they felt like changing the name of the sport would be their their touch. Well, on. I think like what Kevin's talking about. I think the pair to play system. That's another topic. That's another week. It's a <laughs> yeah, it's a structure that was here already. Yeah. I think you know the way they look at professional sports in general and how they set it up is for viewing numbers in the whole playoffs. You know, I. I let's maybe relate it to the youth side and and go with I think sometimes people don't understand that this sport is a little bit more social and free flowing yeah. and I think a lot of uh, issues on the youth side come from people bringing their experience from other sports mm. and you know you look at the other sports and they're very structured and regimented and the, the officials have a lot more say in those mm. games like NFL and all that, where our sport is a lot more free flowing, free flowing creativity, creativity. Uh, it's it's social and you know I think sometimes they could probably you know we we talk about it the Latina cult Latino culture here is a little bit more closer to what we to grew up we know. in. You yeah. know you you drive around areas and you'll see on a Sunday granddad, uncle, six cousins, all out playing, playing and kicking together. a ball, you yeah. know, and I think sometimes in, in our areas, we could probably take a little bit more of a piece of that okay. than taking, this is how the lacrosse team, or this is how the American football coach runs his team, mm. and most of the time, you know, you look at all these documentaries on the NFL teams, you know, how many of those coaches in your eyes are like true coaches of people and how many are just like raging motivators? Yeah. Like it's a lot of shouting, it's a lot of you're going to mm. smash someone's head in the day, you know. True. So it, it's just the culture of our sport is just so different. And mm. it's just finding that middle ground, I think, here. You know, you, Kevin is very... Uh, passionate and you know the soccer football you know that's an argument that could go on days but we're here in America so we have to find yeah, the middle ground you know that, yeah, yeah. And, and you know it's tough for us I think that's particularly why just jumping in I think that's particularly why places like Los Angeles and the Floridas and in, in Los Angeles Venice Beach you know the whole Venice what is that called Kevin over there they got uh, that Venice Football Club it's Venice huge club. it's you know because that culture over there in Venice attracts the creativity you know it's a very hip-hop kind of place and you like Carl mentions the Latino culture it is about freedom it's about access to the game and I think like as Carl said again you know we've got to make sure that we create a healthy balance between keeping what football is soccer is and that is a creative free-flowing game we, we see that in the rules you play two in the professional game 
two 45-minute halves, no breaks, no timeouts. You know, it's very free-flowing. And I think we've got to keep that them true values and keep that. That's what the game is, right? We're not... It is not a basketball and American football where there are timeouts and there are coaching interventions and referee interventions a lot. And I think it's very important for us to maintain what made football the most popular sport in the world. And that is what it is. A creative, free-flowing game. Freedom, creativity, having fun, because, I mean, that's also... That's a game. That's what it's all about. It's a game. It's It's fun. It's it's fun. And when you hear... um, when you hear like parents or, or, or coaches around screaming, like if you close your eyes sometime, you feel that you're around an American football game or, or a baseball game or I don't, I, I don't know, but uh, it should be more like a cheering and, and it's a party. I mean, when you watch the World Cup, you, you cheer, you have fun, you, you, it's a party. The game, this game is, a, is, is literally a moment where you're supposed to, to, to have so much, so much fun. So it should not be that stressful. For, for some kids sometimes. Right. I remember, I hate to throw in another Chelsea reference, but Maurizio Sarri, the new head coach, who just came into the club, I remember I, I read a quote from him two months ago, and he said, a lot of the modern football is shad- overshadowed and, and clouded by tactics and results, where he said, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, when we're coaching these players, even professionals who are 30 years old and have families, and you know, you've got to remember why they play the game. We play the game because it's fun. We play the game because we want to enjoy it. And that's coming from a head coach of a yeah. multi-million at the top top level coaching the best players in the world. And he even he's in these press conferences saying, it's got to be fun. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. it's not going to work if it's not fun. I think that's a, it's a funny thing you said that, like, remember why they play the game, mm. right? Now, we flip that to where we are, right? And you always, I've heard this a lot, a lot of people get into the sport here because it's a great workout. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. put their kid in because they're running around. It's also not, you know, American football is, you know, a tough sport. You know, we obviously in Texas they have their own thing mm-hmm. where kids are playing it. But they see soccer as a aerobic, run around, you won't get hurt kind of thing, team game, you know, you get a lot of values from team sports. And I think that's where we as coaches, we, we we hover on the other side of then it's our job to create the the love for the sport mm-hmm. and the team culture because I think most people who have started playing the sport here maybe longer ago it wasn't for a love of the game I think now it's actually starting to happen like you know give an example of our look at our boys 2010 team mm-hmm. we have three or four kids that go to all galaxy games we have you know, one kid who's a die-hard Liverpool fan slash Portland Timbers fan. Damn bold. He lived there, you know, and he's playing it now because he loves the game. Yeah. But 10 years ago, five years ago, I don't even, I, you know, I don't know. I think most people were being pushed into it because we always hear it. He gets to run around, you know, you know. So mm. I, I think it's going to slowly grow, but I think from our coaching end, maybe less pressure on the win, less pressure on the results, more creating cultures like Kevin is or, you know, what we do in our club, we're giving them more exposure and education towards it. I think that's what's going to push it over the edge. Yeah, I, it's not too far. No, it's not. Yeah, Significant strides have been made in the last five years. I think we can all agree 
I mean, yeah. first of all, the exposure of the game on TV, on, on, on your phone now, you can follow it. You were talking about FIFA, it's back, it's back into it. The kids start to play, to play that game. So yes, we're on that way. Um, I do think that also the parents need to be involved into understanding it. Too. 100%. Um, because it's definitely part of the, of, of the development also of the kids, uh, of the field, obviously. But they need to also put, put an interest to the game and, and watch some sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, encourage our kids right yeah um, push them a little bit more i mean we have the chance where we come to to have parents who are passionate as much as we are uh, my my dad personally plays second division and um, i wasn't the best until my my 13 years old never put any pressure on me and he was pro so he had that that culture of of winning and competitivity it's Leave, leave the kids, leave the kids grow, uh, learn on yourself, watch a couple of games, watch the rules, um, get interested about what's going on here, obviously, but also in Europe. And, uh, and, and remember that for the kid, it's a game first. Mm. And I mean, what's happening in the future, we'll see. Yeah, that's a good point. So just summarizing this, guys, and then finish it off, part one. I'm going to ask you, completely off the cuff, how do you create a team? Three words. How do I create a... How do you create a team? So, a good... Or I'll, I'll specify a little bit more. How do you create a good culture in a team? Three words. It can be individual words. can be a three-word sentence. How would you... Kevin could go first. Three words. Three to words. To create a team. To create a team. Uh, could be three individual words. Resilience. Resilience. Um, chemistry. Chemistry, yeah, good one. And 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 um, respect of each other. Respect, I think they're three good words. Well played, Carl. Camaraderie, I, I think you know players and parents, uh, all our best teams in the club. Mm. And you know, I'm not even saying best in terms of the highest level. I'm talking all our best teams are teams that have great camaraderie. Parents are buying into it the kids are buying into everyone's it. pushing in the same direction yeah yeah i think uh, camaraderie is very important especially one. on the youth side yep uh for the kids i think passion i'll go passion and desire together i think the kids have to have the desire to be out there and i think as a team they need to have the passion to want to be successful hmm. i think that creates a natural culture of being competitive and also, you know, wanting to get better. They, ha they have to have the desire. Mm -hmm. uh, the last one is education. Took one of mine now, yeah. I, I think, obviously it's our job to educate the kids. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the parents also need education and understanding. You know, just look at how many parents who have now a love of the sport just because their kids play it. Yeah. And a parents who learn the game from watching their kids play. I think that always goes two ways though. Mm -hmm. I think that parent can keep every year soaking up that education from the coach, from the games they watch and all that. Or sometimes it stems into they become over obsessed in it. And you know, I, sometimes we see these these problems happen from people who didn't even like the game 
seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just find that interesting. I think the education, keep growing your education. Don't judge everything, you know, and, and be very open about it. So yeah, motivation, desire, passion, mm. and education for the, the team. And it's not just the players. Coach, players, parents. Everybody All three. All three. Yeah, it can't just be one. For me, I mean, you took one of mine there, but I have to, I'm sure I can think of another one. For me, the first one would be determination. I think similar to what you guys kind of said, got to be determined to play the game. If you're not, if you're not there for the right reasons or you're not putting in 100%, it's never going to work. I think something we touched on earlier in, in this part was enjoyment. Got to enjoy it. If you're not coming to practice or games with a smile on your face, you know you're not ready to play the game that you should love and enjoy it, then you're never going to be at the top level or never going to reach maybe your true potential as a player, coach, parent, however you want to look at it. Third, mine would have been, again, education, but maybe flipping that, I can go with competitiveness in, in a respect that, from a personal point, be competitive in what you're trying to do. You know, always push yourself to learn as a player, you know, push yourself to improve as a coach, try and learn new techniques to coach the kids and to better yourself and then as a parent we've talked about it again being competitive enough to want to learn more about the game that your kid's playing or the game that you might not understand be competitive enough to, to learn it so I think everybody gave some good answers there really good how do you say culture in French Ooh. culture I repeat there, that just sounds like a culture. Posh, posh British person <laughs> culture culture and with that we'll finish it thank you guys appreciate it part one out next up part two all right guys usually in part two of our weekly podcast we would go ahead and talk about the full league review review some of the games and happenings from the weekend as coaches unfortunately due to an issue with our recording platform we were unable to upload part two of this week's podcast instead to keep you guys entertained as always we extended part one and part three of the podcast for this week giving you more in-depth analysis on the topic of the week and also the premier league slash champions league review hope you enjoy it apologies again for the mishappenings of part two it will return next week don't you worry enjoy and see you guys soon Heading into the final part of the podcast this week, Premier League slash Champions League review, you know, because the big European competition is back. We always talk about the English domestic league. Did you guys manage to catch any games this week? Um, Let's go Champions League first, you know, as it's midweek and then we can get on to the Premier League weekend a little bit later. Did you guys get to see any of the Champions League this weekend? Or week, sorry, should I say? Yeah, for sure. Of course. The big match. Which was? Definitely not Manchester United, was it? Yeah, <laughs> United versus Young Boys. Three oh, 0 United. Hey, go on in, go on in. Uh, just saying, secured the first result. That's yeah. all. That's all I'll say about that. Paul Pogba, your fellow countryman, Kevin, yeah. masterclass. You can only beat what's in front of you, and we had to do that. So, yeah. we'll, so we'll move into the next match. No, nothing else on that. <laughs> no, not really. Three 0 take it. Cheers. Move on. How many Thanks. points have City got in their first game? No, we can talk about Pogba performance. I do think that um, 
winning the World Cup is definitely a huge boost for him. Here uh, we go. <laughs> no, let's be, let's be honest. And, uh, and, and I do mention this podcast. <laughs> I keep going. I keep going. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's playing exactly the same position that Didier Deschamps put him during the World Cup, and um, and and I and I think it just not just helped him, but he helped also. Mourinho to realize that maybe the way he was managing the player wasn't the best the best way and um, and with all this like huge refill of confidence this past summer Pogba is a different player uh, we talk about this game two goals and one assist I think in Champions mm. League plus uh, one goal and one assist uh, this weekend right or one amazing one, assist yeah one assist yeah that was close. so I mean uh, back on the other side of uh, of the sea, we knew the the quality of that player, um, and he finally show show back what he's capable of to the to the Premier League and to the to England. So happy to see him performing that way. Yeah, I think it's interesting because he came out of a quote yesterday or today. You know, you mentioned Mourinho. You, uh, Carl's mentioned him a few times in the playing style and whatnot. Paul Pogba comes out and says, you know, at Old Trafford, we have to attack, attack, attack. You know, it's not down to the players. He said, I'm a player. I can't change that. It's down to the, which he insinuated was the manager, the coach, the philosophy there. And Carl, you know, as a as a United fan and what we've seen from Sir Alex Ferguson's, you know, tenure at Old Trafford, especially the fear of dreams, of you, as you called it earlier, which is questionable these days. You know, it's going to be, they're known for attack, 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 and that entertaining attack in football. And I think Paul Pogba is a big advocate of that. He's not interested in build-up players and attacking, would you say, Kevin, attacking centre midfield player, you know? He yeah, wants to look, add flair and he wants to play the right way. Of course, and so does every team in the Premier League. I can guarantee you that. But you can't always do that. You know, this is the thing we talked about before. You know, I'm a very realistic football fan. Do United want to win the league and win trophies? Or do they want to have the playing style? Mm. Because I personally don't think, unless your manager's Guardiola, that a lot of the teams can get it done that way. You know, they can they, do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't feel that way. I think yep. Mourinho has shown that already. He did it against Tottenham. He came out attacking. And look how it ended up. Yeah. Right? Now, that was one match, and sure, you had Man United TV, your fans coming out going, love that, love that, supporting the manager. But if that happens 20 games in a row... He's gone, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, look, the era of Ferguson's over, you know. A credit to Pogba wanting to play attacking style. I think with Matic and Fellaini sitting in behind him and giving him that bit more of a free roll, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see more and more of what we've seen in the last couple of weeks with him. I think Mourinho... Has, is slowly figuring out that part you know uh, that's the other thing like really ha, at, slowly though yeah yeah <laughs> but Hazard at Chelsea when it's been up and down at times mm. and look at how many managers he's at it's just like right. sometimes it does take a little time but again we'll go back to three points against the young boys all about the one point in the Premier League this weekend at yeah. home uh, just quickly yeah, look, I, I watched that match last night. Unfortunately, uh, I had a DVR problems, and all the games that I recorded to usually watch, I've lost all of them, so mm. I could only see little snippets of games, but I, I got to watch that match on match of, the, match of the weekend or whatever they call it, and 
Wolves have been that team that have came up and they're playing with a lot of courage and confidence. Yeah. And United came out, looked comfortable. Uh, you know, what a great goal. You know, Pogba's assist, Fred's finish. But Wolves didn't back down. And I think it was very fair result in the end. I think it was very fair to how Wolves kept in the game. I think United took their foot off a little bit. And yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Okay, back to the Champions League, Kevin. Your thoughts on I'm gonna assume you want to talk about Liverpool PSG being a yeah, being a um, Frenchman. I mean two attacking teams going at it at Anfield. first of all, let's not forget that Chelsea the final score was uh three two, right? Um we have on one side um Liverpool, finalist team. Let's not forget about that. Uh on the other side we have a super hyped uh team who's coming out with what we were talking earlier with a new uniform Neymar which obviously does a struggle on the field but you know needs to rebuild that popularity a little bit after the World Cup um, fair, fair game I mean when you play in Anfield it's not an easy mission mm. and they literally play with 12 players um, I have goosebumps just talking about that 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 atmosphere in uh, in Anfield. The cop end. Yeah, it's just I mean it's it's an historical stadium. Playing there, it's not an easy way. Going back with a three-two, um, knowing that we have a new coach, Neymar not in the best disposal. Um, you know, I do think that that was a good result, even if we going back home with zero point. But fair game. Um, shout out to to Liverpool players who've been seriously amazing. Excellent start to the season, oh, right? They, they they have a condition. It's it's just insane to see them play. Right. Full of movement, offensive, attacking, um, really solid in defense. Um, club definitely put together a, a serious team that I see going easy back to the to the semi, potentially the final. In the Champions League, yeah. 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 What about the league? Uh, you mean PSG for the league? PSG, I mean, I don't think we need to discuss that. I, mean, I think they'll coast that by at least uh, 35 points. Yeah, I mean, we won, we won uh, PSG won 3-1 uh, in Rennes last weekend. Uh, oh, so Neymar gave his shirt to a, a yeah, on-the-field yeah, kid, again, right? Again. Yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, Di Maria scored uh, Draxler, I think, plus one a new recruit. Well, I mean... The league one is not a really. I mean, it's a competitive league, but the gap between PSG and the other team are just, just crazy in terms of uh, the amount of player they have, um, and the amount of money they have compared right. to the other clubs. Right. So obviously, we pretty much know already who's gonna win. Uh, we hope to see a team like Lyon, which is gonna bounce back after. I was gonna ask you about Lyon. That's personally my favorite team. Lyon is a team that I had the chance to to see. Uh, many times and to play against when I was a uh, when I was younger, um, it's always been a club who, who build players. Um, younger national league, I used to play against Olympic Lyonnais and players like Benafa and Benzema, who are poor pure product coming from the academy. Um, I mean, the the all the players they have today in a, in a starting team are most likely players coming from the the the, the school, the academy. Mm -hmm. So they built a new stadium, uh, they take time, but uh, it's a team that 
I have a lot of respect for. Yeah. Um, those past ten or fifteen years, I think they won seven times the 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 league. Um, coming out with players like Juninho, I don't know if you remember. Oh, so three Brazilian build, free kids. Yeah, yeah. They build that that legacy, and uh, today they finally start to recall all the the fruits of of the hard work. Fruits of that labor. Yeah. yeah, and um, and we will tell that today we're capable to beat uh, in Manchester. CD um, 2-1 during the Champions League game against a strong and solid team of Manchester City uh, on the paper and on the, on the roster none of you guys know the player who play in Lyon except maybe Fekir Memphis Depay Bertrand Traore but uh, I mean you, like they, they, they went there uh, without without fear Did you see what Depay said on his Twitter before it came in. No. Oh, the buy yeah, Manchester is red. Manchester is still red. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. To his old, old I team. That. Yeah, his old stomping ground. Sorry to interrupt, but... Yeah. Oh, they played the right way against a solid Pep Guardiola team. And without fear, they went... They went in, in, in it to, to, to come back with actually a, a win. And, and, I mean, makes the whole the whole France com country really proud of them. No, I think Leon are definitely on the way back up, right? They were... Them and Monaco before the PSG phenomenon kind of took over. Mm. Them two were the two top teams and playing. You know, they've got some very, very talented individuals, ones that are being attracted to the Premier League, such yeah. as Fakir. Yeah. Obviously, Depay played there recently with Manchester United. It didn't work out for him, but his talent is undoubted. You know, and you've got Bertrand Traore, who was at Chelsea, now over at Lyon. You know, very good team making their way back. And it, it'd be great for the league, I think, and the country Definitely. for them to push and challenge what about a, a resilient PSG team. Quick, funny one. Depay yeah. doesn't, you know, he's a bit of a flamboyant character. Yeah. He doesn't follow anybody on his Instagram. Really? <laughs> Zero. Just oh, show, yeah, yeah. It's just like, him. Yeah, it's just he's, him he's in a, the world. On his own planet. He's a funny character, like his dress. It's interesting, and... but um, I do think that he finds the right balance in Lyon, something a little bit more humble. And, and there is something in this league, talking about, about it with Mar Mario Melchiot, which is someone. Uh, Chelsea legend, yeah, um, and also playing Rennes. Uh, he was mentioning it that French league has, has that thing um, to bring back people a bit a, a bit on, down on her. Would you say it's that je ne sais quoi? That's je ne sais quoi, definitely. Um, Stop it, Kevin. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a French. No, edition. but I mean, yeah, true. We we, um, we have that league which doesn't you know it's not the Premier League, it's not La Liga, or it's not like the Bundesliga, but. Um, Ah, today, La Liga, two today. teams battling, and, <laughs> sorry, three and a half teams yeah, battling like it out. Scottish league, similar, you know. Oh, we have that shout out to Lurie there, Celtic dominating. It's never really easy to play a French team, I do think. And let's not forget again that um, not everything is that bad in that league since I think five or six players were part of the French group were playing in that league and, and, and were part of the starting, starting team. And I think about Matuidi, it's someone who was playing for many years in PSG. So, I mean, we have good players uh, and, and today we finally start to, to show it in, in Champions League. So for the... Uh, okay, so if how many points, just one number, how many points, just to summarise everything about League Liga 1. Liga. How many points are PSG going to win it by? Just throw a number out there and we'll move, we can move on. Plus, uh, between 15 and 20. Give easy, us one. Easy. 17? 17. <laughs> All right. Let's go. We'll, we'll yeah, come back hey, to that. Let's okay. ask him just quickly 
favourite French player of all time? Just, oh. just quickly. I, I, I can never oh. guess. And I said French, not imagine. Algerian. Oh, oh. Okay. that's another debate. Yeah. That's another debate. Culture, culture. Yeah, it's, it's it's culture, but you know, um, can you can you name me um, if you know that much about that culture? Um, no, I can't. <laughs> can you name me how many how many players? Um, okay, let's go back to Platini time. Platini, Sorry, wait Platini. there. Make this question slow so I can type it. Platini, uh, Platini. <laughs> Platini. Platini, yeah. Where does his family come from? I had a video, video on Platini. You remember? I forget what it was called, but hey. Okay, Platini. Platini is a player uh, originally from Italy. Um, we had people like Jean Tigana, originally from West Indies. So France has a really, really um, deep past of um, of immigration. Um, yeah. We went pretty much all over the planet. Um, to colonize, obviously, and um, and today, today we, you know, after the war and everything, we have different waves of immigration: Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, um, African, North African, uh, even people coming from like faraway islands, uh, like Christian Carambe. I don't know if you remember, a classic player who played for Real Madrid. Um, this is this is this is France, and this is how it is. I'm myself a mix. My dad is from Ivory Coast, uh, my mom from France. Um, I have that background that I'm proud of, but I'm also proud to be to be born and raised in France. Uh, I have all that culture and and history in in, in my back. Um, it's never, it's not always have been easy for 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 those kids, unfortunately, but it works and. And um, and the way we won the World Cup in 1998, um, Thierry Henry, Pires, uh, Portuguese kid, um, Dugarry, uh, Lizarazu, Basque player, uh, Zinedine Zidane, North African uh, background, mm. uh, Thierry Henry, West Indies, Patrick Vieira, Senegalese, um, and I just like the idea to show um, French people, but also the world, that look. <laughs> It works. It so what works. you're saying is the French team is not French. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I I do think that would be. I do. I do think. So you with their, no, I do think. No, I do think. I do think you said no. every country in the world apart from France. I do think. Then in this case, the NBA is not American. It's 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 an in it's an Afro-American league. Yeah. So yes or no? Yeah, no, I I see your point, but interestingly enough. That was a, a big topic this summer at the World Cup with well, obviously France I, I winning the think, World Cup. I do think that um, you a know, lot of American, me, me Africans being right. born and raised in France um, and are in and out the field, going in nightclubs or like we're going to go deep in a in, in a thing. Um, I had I had those 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 stories where I got refused to get in a club because looking at me, I'm a troublemaker. Um, I had those stories walking uh, in front of a bunch of old people sitting down on bench saying that those guys should not should not have go through uh, the Mediterranean Sea we should have been able to stop this so I experienced that in a little town called Annecy in a French Alps so mm -hmm. imagine how it's m like more intense in places like around around Paris yeah. you know in those in those places a little bit more complicated so um, for many years, we told them that we are not French, and now that we won the World Cup wearing that jersey that we're proud about, um, we're telling us again that we're not French or fully French. What do we need to be French? 
Yeah. Why do we need to be French or to be born from from one country? Is it because we're born? Uh, and and if we're born here, we have to forget about everything. Where does my dad come from? Heritage. Yeah. No, that's. I call myself a French person, but also a citizen of the world. There is originally no no no. I mean, there is no you know frontier or, or, or borders. It should not be just like this. Now we assume how we assume how stories how past stories, we deal with it, we show the world that a Griezmann and a Pogba can work together, yep. why that cannot work in that way in a society. Uh, France is a country, and that's why this 2018 um, World Cup trophy is amazing, because France, those past four years, have been suffering a lot about social issues. Um, I mean, not just those past four years, because that's also a reason why I left the country, but you all remember what happened in France recently, all those shootings and, and yeah, stuff yeah. going on. Mm. Well, m some of that, of those communities have been targeted by that. And some people even, even have been saying that those people are not French. And those people who love France, who are from those communities, have been feeling a little bit, you know, being pushed even more on the side. Segregated, yeah. So this French team shows to that side of France who think that those people are not French, shows that, look, a black, let's, let's put titles, a black, uh, a Muslim, a French, uh, a Portuguese, an Italian, uh, who are all born and raised in France, who've been to school, who knows about Charlemagne, who knows about Napoleon as much than any other French person. When they gather together in a common goal, they can go and reach and win that trophies. So why that cannot work that way in society and work together in a bakery, work together in a restaurant, work together in a company or wherever that works. Hmm. If it works in soccer, that can work everywhere. So that's why I, I feel that it can be a little bit dangerous to say that those kids, yeah, it's, it's an African team because we tell them that they're not French when they don't win the World Cup and now we tell them they're not French when they win a World Cup. Yeah. What do we need to do to be French? <laughs> What do we need to do? It's a huge topic, you know. Uh, I think we've, we've definitely heard Kevin's. Yeah, no. Kevin's no, no, no. I, 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 mean, I lived, I lived it and experienced it. I've been in places yeah. again. I think if you want to be French, yeah, smoke cigarettes, wear tattoos, <laughs> carry a baguette in your back pocket, <laughs> oh, strictly no. black white. No, no, I'm joking. Profess love, twenty four seven. I didn't want to bring. Uh, bring this out but I think that's pretty cool that well, other that's people culture. who are listening right. in our club maybe don't know your culture and you know maybe Kevin plug a few of those make it soccer related the documentaries on Netflix oh, like Benzema Les is, Blues Les Blues one. Concrete Football on Netflix all of those yeah. movies are, are, are on it um, so that's definitely the top three yeah the, the but back Benzema. to it Who's your favorite player? Just quickly for everyone. No doubt, heads down, everything. Put my toonies on the ground. Zinedine Zidane. Uh, <laughs> personally, my favorite footballer as well. Classic. Time. I think you just jumped on nope. I swear to God, I had a you know had a jersey, French jersey oh, of Zidane. Zidane. Just, I did. Classic. And a Real Madrid really jersey cool. from Zidane number five when he signed. For the Galacticos uh, back in the early 2000s. Just showing your true colours again of being a bandwagon. I'm, I'm sure you supported Juventus back in the day instead of Chelsea. I'm a, I'm a football fan. Uh, no, like we talked about if earlier. You if you love football. Who's my favourite French player of all time? Cantona. 
Eric the King. Eric the King Cantona. That's not biased or anything because he played for United. He's from the same city than than, uh, than Zinedine Zidane. And that was who actually gave us the quote that Kevin gave us at the start of the podcast. That quote was from the man himself, Eric Cantona. Eric the King. I must say, though, the favourite part of Kevin's... Do we call that a rant or do we just call that just... No, I think he partly... Threw the fishing rod out there. He'd been on it a little bit. Caught a big one. Oh, okay. He went on that rant. Yeah, my favourite part of that was the Kevin Lopez, the citizen of sorry Lopez. Lopez. I don't have that roll of tongue in that French, but my favourite part was definitely Kevin Lopez, citizen of the world. that was that was that was moving. Born in France. Love. Viva la Viva la France. West African, leaving Los Angeles. You know. It took about just over an hour for Vav Avon to enter no, the podcast. No, we just, by the way, we don't say this. We <laughs> don't say it anymore, but just let me, let me please my... my, my Thierry Henry, Citro- was it Citroen? It's, it's not it's, the advert, it's not the commercial. Thierry Henry, it's Thierry Henry. Henry. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a Citroen one? Yeah. No, it's Thierry Henry Thierry sprinting Thierry down there. Vav Avon. Vav Avon. Oh. Ladies, if you're listening, yeah. he's taken. By the way, just to clarify as well, you know, everyone talks about that French accent, but the Irish accent did get voted most sexiest accent, you know, a couple of years in the running before the French. So, sorry about that, Kevin. We'll take that. We'll take that. I one. doubt about it. You can have your okay. you can have your World Cup. I think there is like no <laughs> there is no doubt in the minds of American citizens out there that the British accent is number one. Yeah, we don't we don't call it the Irish kiss. We call it the French kiss. Oh, we call I, it the French fries. You don't want to know what an Irish kiss is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that refers to bare knuckle fighting or, or fight club. So. All right, guys, just quickly touching back onto football. Then today was the <laughs> you know what we're here for. Football or soccer, um, the FIFA awards were today, the FIFA Football Player of the Year, FIFA, FIFA Team of the Year. Um, the result has actually been announced, I'll give you that in a minute, but the finalists for the football FIFA Football Player of the Year were Cristiano Ronaldo of Portugal, Mohamed Salah of Egypt and Liverpool, and Lucas Luke, Modric. Luka Modric, the Croatian sensation out of Real Madrid. Um, if, you, if you had a choice, who and why? Who would your, go vote, go, who'd your yeah. vote go to? My vote? Your vote. i give it to Modric. Why? <clears throat> I think from what he did in the World Cup, you know, and what he does with his club team, uh, you know, it's just, it's good to see, like, uh, a player who's not the goal scorer, yep. you know, and that kind of thing just, you know, really rise up, and I just think in the World Cup, it showed he, I think he carried that Croatia team as a leader, mm-hmm. you know, and I think for the club, you can hear how Ronaldo and all those other players respect him so much. So I, I think so. I think uh, Salah had a, you know, great season, and uh, I'm a big fan of Ronaldo, but when you put club and country together, I think Madrid did the most. Yeah, Kevin. Um, I do think that Modric will win, for sure. Um, but I will have choose uh, Ronaldo. I will have choose Ronaldo. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, no, yeah. No, you know, um, well, you've said you have the result. The I know. Just yeah. I know the result. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Being the host Modric, and, and, the, and the brains behind this operation, I have the details. Yeah. Modric definitely for for his amazing World Cup. Even if I do think that. Um, 
few French players were better than him during that World Cup. <sighs> and Colo Conte, my friend. Uh, I can't argue with him there. You know, yeah, I sure a top yes, club. I mean. Yeah, great player. But no, Modric was better. Modric was the best player in the World Cup oh, for me by far. Okay. Well, and, and Ronaldo, just because that consistency, um, it's, I mean, you gotta, you got to admire that. This, this so you're whole not, career, he has been on the top. So you're not bored of the whole Ronaldo Messi era, just absolute um, domination. Yeah, I mean, they, they, those those two are amazing. Um, no doubt. But I do think that Ronaldo was a little bit ahead of Messi. Yes, yeah. last season. Oh, well, Messi's not even been voted. But, um, He's not even in the I running. Mean, just winning, winning three Champions League in a row, holding that team the way he did for many years, um, being the best player in Portugal, in Premier League, in Liga, and on his way to do the same in in Italy. It's just, it's just amazing. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta admire the man for that. So no shouts from Mo Salah, Premier League. Respect to, respect to him too. But um, just the other two, yeah. you think Ronaldo's Ronaldo ahead? Ahead and, and Ronaldo's consistency. Nah, I don't want to see a scratch Ouch! I can confirm that Luka Modric won the. Yeah, Harris do it again, eh? Won the, uh, won the title. Yeah. He, he's just been confirmed as the winner of the award, which is, I think, it's refreshing for football, you know? And, like, yeah, going, back, going back to youth soccer, sometimes the goal scorers and the goalkeepers, as Carl loves to mention each week, get a lot of praise and get a lot of attention for their big saves and their big goals. Yeah. But the, the playmakers, the people who make it tick, the engine room, yeah. as they call centre midfield, yeah. you know? Someone who, of Modric's stature, has been appreciated on the world stage and people are seeing how fundamental he is to the game. And I think he deserves it for the World Cup he's had, for the way he's carried Real Madrid, who have... You know, suffered a big loss in losing Ronaldo to Juventus. I think he's really stepped up and for his club and country and really made things tick. So he's been confirmed as a winner. The team has not been announced yet. The start the, the eleven, but he's a great role model for a twelve-year-old as well, and because he looks like a twelve-year-old and pretty much uh, the same size. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, no, he's not a six-foot-five. No, he's amazing. He always had the right amount of touches. His passing skills are amazing, um, and for his size. Like being able to hold and to carry the the midfield the way he does, well, let's not forget that he's really well surrounded to um, crows around him. Yeah. Um, but he was when he was at Tottenham. You know, everybody around here. We talk about the education and culture. You know, Croatia was the up and coming thing. You know, the the years before in the Euros, it was uh, Iceland. You know, uh, but this this year it was parents coming up to us and going, like. Where did this Modric guy come from? Well, but he did the same in Tottenham a long time ago, and that's why consistent. the Galacticos Madrid signed him. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was that player, and you hear Harry Redknapp talk about Modric and just saying that he was the best ever. So, well, uh, you know, something I mentioned earlier was trust the process. I don't know if you guys actually remember, but Luka Modric was voted the worst Real Madrid signing in history yeah, in his yeah, first year yeah, at yeah. Real Madrid. The fans didn't, didn't believe in him. Yeah. yeah, the fans didn't believe in him. They thought he was a waste of money. He was overrated. And Ronaldo, uh, Real Madrid, should I say sorry? Stuck was with Jonathan him. Woodgate not that <laughs> the croc, the sick note. He was definitely up there. But no, they stuck with him. They trusted his skill and process. And look where he is now, beating mm. Ronaldo, Messi, and yeah. to yeah. the top award, which is amazing. It'll be interesting to see if he does get get the Ballon d'Or, the more highly acclaimed award for the I mean, individual usually player. Usually it goes with it huh? when you win. Well, it's his second trophy, individual yeah. trophy this season. Right, so. World Player of the Year, World Cup and, and that. So will we jump into the the real league? Premier League. Premier League. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Hey, yeah. talk about your team. 
Chelsea West Ham. It was a snooze fest. I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd agree with you, mate. It was it was a snooze fest. I I managed to catch it on recording because my DVR actually works. Great um, result for West Ham, by the way. West Ham could have won it. They had they had the clear cut chances, you know, Yarmolenko, the Ukrainian at the end there, should have sought that head off six yards out, had had all the time in the world, could have had a coffee and a baguette. Oh sorry, a croissant, Kevin, before he headed that, missed it, you know. They could have won really Chelsea like. Chelsea dominated possession, Sarri ball again kicking in, but like everybody says, especially the Arsenal teams under Arsene Wenger, dominate uh possession doesn't mean anything if you don't put it in the back of the net. I remember Sir Alex Ferguson said possession without penetration is pointless. Something I've said to my kids as well, you know, play good stuff, possess the ball, which is nice and pretty, and it's something we want to see as coaches, I'm sure, playing the right way, but if you don't put the ball in the back of the net, you're never going to win. I think mm. Chelsea suffered that. West Ham had a game plan. Manuel Pellegrini set them up in a very stubborn defensive sense, hit us on the counter-attack, and they had chances to win it, you know, and that's Chelsea's win winning streak done. Still unbeaten in the league, which is great, but the winning streak is over. Ooh. Liverpool are the only undefeated team. And I know Carl's got the computer here seeing that Chelsea and Liverpool are playing each other twice in a week. I think this is a good point, though. Chelsea's fixtures running up in the next six matches. Liverpool in the Football League and then in the league. And then they're at Europa League now. They should win that game comfortably. Then they're back in the league with Southampton. And then they've got United and then back. This could be an interesting time for Sarri. You know, I think the league matches so far have been... You know, a little comfortable mm-hmm. schedule would be nice, and it's a big test now for yep. Sari Ball, as you call it. Uh, just I taking it from the, from the fans. The fans have been calling it that, but no, yeah, definitely a test in time. Uh, we've talked about United. Kevin, do you have a Premier League team that you like to watch? Any, say, anyone in particular? Anyone but say, Man City would be great. No, I would say maybe uh, the first one to come in mind uh, will be Arsenal. Probably oh yeah, definitely. Someone that doesn't get mentioned. One of the most French team in uh, in Premier League yeah. due to to the past glory past. They won two zero uh, this weekend. Two zero. Everton, yeah, beat Everton two zero. Beautiful goal from Lacazette. Where's Lacazette from? What country? Uh, Lyon again. Yeah, but from he's, France. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah, full <laughs> uh, set. Another, another bringing up uh, another project. To start an argument. <laughs> another, another project from coming from Lyon. Yeah. Um, who's doing better this season than than he did last season, which is normal. You need to adapt to to another rhythm. Um, well, I, I think go, last season was his first taste of it. You know, yeah, that was his first taste. So. You know, I think it's first taste English football, yeah. right? I think now you're starting to see Aubameyang. The class, the class yeah, coming through. Yeah, yeah. And I will go also probably uh, because of the best signed uh, coming from Chelsea, uh, Didier Drogba. So ruling and following Chelsea. Good man. Yeah. Can't say I blame you. Yeah, I love I love that player. Uh, it was just you know amazing to watch. Yeah. So powerful. So you've got a soft spot for Chelsea then, yeah. So yeah, I have uh, the tendency to watch to watch Arsenal to follow Arsenal and Chelsea. Fair, fair point. I think it's a lot better than United being a glory hunter like some United, others. United yeah. is definitely you know one of the top clubs in the world. Uh, always what? you know watching. If watching. not the top club. <laughs> Watching obviously with interest what they're developing, but I I have to say that I used to like a Mourinho, but since those past two three seasons, I just feel the man really negative about uh, his player and his teams always. I just think that he's he's losing it. You yeah. know he needs he needs uh, he needs one or two season off the pitch to 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 just you know relax and take a sabbatical like kind of yeah, like Pep Guardiola did. Enjoying and get back 
you know, falling back in love with the, with the game. So going back to our original point, go, play the game because you love it or coach the game, do yeah. it because you love it, not yeah. because, you know. Yeah, I think that's so. a fair point. Anything on that, Carl? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone sour over there. Hey, no, not at all. Not at all. all right, what, about, what about City? City, did you watch a game? Dispatched. If that's the right word, or destroyed, dismantled, however you want to say it. Newly promoted Cardiff City, who are, are going down, let's be honest. They're going down, they're going down very quickly, the Welsh side. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, City, Mercurial, weren't they? You know, back to the old ways of Guardiola, that possession-based attacking football, you know, moving the ball side to side, quick touches in and out, you know, and, it's a, it's and clinical, a, it's finishing. they should win, no. Of course. I think but I think in the manner they did it. Let's chat about City in the Champions League. I think everybody this year thinking City are going to go for it. Nah. You don't think so? I don't think they get close to winning it. I think that the step, the bridge between Premier League and Champions League dominating on the domestic front, you know, you, it has been seen and done by a lot of teams in, in England. But that, you know, it's, it's so hard to win the Champions League. And I think with the, the scheduling, of the, you don't see many English teams winning the Champions League. When was the last one? Chelsea, 2012. Chelsea, yeah. Well, that wasn't deliberate either. Chelsea. You know, like, Chelsea. they don't, yeah, yeah. with the grueling schedule of the Premier League, the, 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 we've talked about the winter break. There's no winter break in England. I think it's something that they're trying to introduce. But it's just so no, hard is set to, up to challenge on both fronts. Those other European leagues. The Spanish, the Italian teams, you see them in yeah, there it, in the it, final it all the time. By the way, you guys, uh, you've heard this discussion about the third league. The third competition. There. I have, I've seen this. Where will where will be all the best clubs in Europe? No, no like so, a third European competition. So Europa League is how many how many teams is it? I'm not sure, but they're talking about taking a chunk of those teams and making a, like a third. So it's like thirty two teams. So lo- teams that finish even lower in the leagues, their respective leagues, can go in still go into European competitions rather than the top four in England going to Champions yeah. League and the top two. Or three for Europa League, or fifth, sixth, and seventh. I'm not sure how many it is. If it's two or three in England, go to the Europa League. I think they're trying to encourage more teams. So maybe the eighth, ninth, and tenth could go into this third European competition. Yeah, financially, more entertainment. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure on it. Isn't it interesting though? Like out here, how popular the Champions League is. Yeah, like I find it more popular than, like. People talk more about the Champions I, League I'd agree. On than the Premier League. Well, because it's the best of the best, isn't it? You know, it's the, the bigger clubs. I don't think many yeah. parents and fans of soccer over here will recognise the Burnleys. Like, who knew Burnley were in the Europa League this year? Finished seventh in the Premier League last year. No one's going to remember or know who they are. Sam Dyche. Yeah, Sam Dyche. A league, it's a little bit up and down. I mean, you enjoy watching Manchester City winning 5 0, but on the other side, it's like, okay. A little bit boring, you know. Yeah. So Champions League, you know that you're dealing with the best European clubs, and you're going to see some amazing games with amazing players. Right. So it's probably easier to follow. Yeah, I agree. So just want to finish this off. Then um, we always typically do a question, get you guys thoughts on this, your your um your choices, your opinions on it. So the question from this week, you know, not premeditated, completely off the cuff again. Every every month, the Premier League does a player of the month and a coach of the month. Um, I'm not giving you time to do your research on this. That's going to be, you know, off the top of your head. Who's gonna? Who do you think's had a good month in the Premier League individually? Carl, stop going on Google and typing in the answer. It's not. It's not fair here. 
Um, one player, player in a month and a coach in a month, and why? Just real quick, who is who's one player that stood up for you this month, Carl, and someone that you think will deserve that that little cute purple trophy or yellow, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Player one's tough. It is tough. I think manager Watford. Gra- Javi, Javi Gracia, yeah. Yeah, I've liked what he's done. Under the radar. Yeah. I listened to the yeah, Sky podcast you know, this morning. I, he was on there. Yeah. yeah, I like what he's done. Yeah. Uh, he's brought that team together. Troy Deeney says big things about him. Yeah. yeah. I think I would give it to him. I, I always think it's easy to give it to. Look, you give it a clap. You know, they're unbeaten. Like, like, that's yeah. the obvious one, but right. my choice was them. I just think to see a club like Watford, you know, doing so well and competing and. You know, without a team, you know, it's not a team full of superstars either. So that's my my manager, my choice. Uh, I'm not sure on the player. Let me have a. I'll, I'll give you two minutes. Let Let's we'll swing that. over to the to the Frenchman. Manager. Um, well, you do you don't pick him, but I pick him. Uh, club. Yeah. Just think that what you've done those past three season, uh, as a as a manager in Liverpool is is. Amazing, he built an actually super competitive teams. Um, with names that initially doesn't, you know, it's not Ronaldo, it's not, you know, uh, all those top players mm-hmm. on the paper, but you bring them to a level. Who brought them to to the to the final of the Champions League last season? Who brought them to to give a really hard time to PSG uh, last week? So I go with club and uh, player player. Um, which is a big question mark for me why why Germany didn't call him for the World Cup and uh, why does Pep didn't use him uh, since like since the beginning of the game <clears throat> I would go with Sané uh, I mean I, I had the chance to uh, to share the ball with him last summer uh, in Venice Beach first humanly really nice guy uh, handball and I mean he's a, he's a baller you see how he shifts three players on one side, go back on the other side. I think he assists or unlock a situation on two goals, three goals this weekend from, from coming from his left side. So the, the, the kid is, is performing to the highest and, and I'd like to see him more you know, on the field. Yeah, no, I agree. I've, I'm a big fan of Leroy Sané. I think he's a wonderful talent. You know, I think he's got a lot of potential. Carl, do you want to go to you or do you want me to jump in first? Uh, look, I think the running theme is... Liverpool, you know, like I said, the, Bits ob- of rivals of yours. the obvious choice was Klopp in terms of how they're doing in the league, but I like what the Watford manager's doing. Yeah, well, that player. Uh, I think it's got to be Van Dyke. Someone who's actually one of my choices, I, but I do I have think, another one backed but, up but in the Liverpool needed, you know, in the last few years, he's added, he does a great job of leading the back line. You know, he's got the presence and, you know, now with the addition of the goalkeeper as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would give it to him. You know, defenders sometimes are unsung heroes. True. You know, so, yeah, uh, that, was my, that would be my choice. All right. Or, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you there. Um, Quick question for you guys. You um, let me get my player and coach first. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> it's that baba boom again. No, hey, no, hey, fast moving the front. application for host. Yeah. Well, he's not getting there because the fans have been <laughs> typing in saying, no, I don't think I can do it. Indispensable, they call me. Oh, right. Uh, no, for me, um, I agree with Carl. Like, 
the Watford manager, I think he's done good things. Uh, I agree with Kevin as well. I think the obvious choice would be Klopp. Um, he would be my choice if I had a vote. I would go with Klopp. I think it's hard not to with six wins, plenty of goals, perfect record, 18 points out of 18. Um, but someone I do want to give, I think, you know, Unai Emery at Arsenal started off rocky, lost to Man City and Chelsea first two games. Arguably the two hardest teams to play aside from Liverpool. Everyone was questioning him, his philosophy, playing out the back, blah, blah, blah. But they've gone on a bit of a run recently and I think he's really improved his, his ideas are getting over to the players of Arsenal and you're starting to see a more traditional Arsenal team uh, more adequately in the league. So I think I want to give him a mention. Also, Eddie Howe, the PE teacher slash geography teacher, you know. Bournemouth have started well. Howe. Big Howe. fan of Eddie Howe. He started off in the league. I know they got battered by Burnley this weekend, 4-0, which is a bit of a shock result for everybody with Burnley's poor start to the season. But, you know, doing great things over there. Bournemouth currently sitting you know, in the top 10 in the league with three wins and a tie. So... I think he's doing good things over there, but yeah, if you have to pick one, you've got to go Klopp, right? Can't take it away from him, it's, it's hard to. And for my player, Van Dijk was someone I mentioned. Uh, I'm a, like I said, I'm a big fan of Sané. But for me, someone who's somewhat underappreciated slash underrated, doesn't get many headlines, but it's fundamental, I think, to the team is Roberto Firmino. I think yeah. as a centre-forward, sure. you know, complete. You know, might not be hitting the heights of, in the goal-scoring charts of Harry Kane's and the Agueros, but... You know, still bangs in important goals, especially the winner. You know, yeah. against PSG in the week yeah. that we talked about in the Champions League, and you know, just his work rate, his assists to the team, what he does in the build-up. You know, getting everybody else involved and clinical finishes, man. And I think he's a you know, defensively wise, he's always like he's not selfish. Like he's very giving, unselfish. He's giving, he's giving back those runs to to, yeah. to give a hard time. I think he's a big reason why you know the front three of Liverpool is obviously astonishing with Mane, yeah. Salah, and for me, and I think Salah particularly gets a lot of the headlines. You know, fair and, and fair enough. And Mane, you know, has really imp- improved from his time in Southampton. But for me, no. I think he spearheads that team excellently and they're banging in goals for him. I know he looks like a bit like a Ken of a Barbie doll, but it's not about appearance, it's about your techers on toast, right? People call him Barbie for me now. It really annoys me. Anyways, move on. (laughs) Just Just a quick quick antidote. But yeah, for me, Klopp, Gaffer, uh, Bobby Firmino. (laughs) Player of the month for me. So let's pass it to Kevin. He has yeah, a quick I question. Quick question. We'll what's quick question. We'll wrap it up. Go on, Kev. What's your like? Who's the best league in the world? The best soccer league in the world. In terms of uh, in terms of quality. What's the best league? Yeah. I think I've said this before on this Premier League for me. Uh, you know, I've got this stick I'm a little old school the British old school you know growing up watching that league with my granddad you know and it's just uh, I just think it's the most exciting league and so, you know fast paced and you know it's hard to call a lot of results and I think now as well like teams are becoming so much better there's money being pumped in it's just you know it, the old saying you know so is Stoke, it Stoke on a Tuesday night, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's a different environment, you know, where I think the French league, the Italian league, the Spanish league, the quality technically might be better in some areas, but in terms of just having everything, 
don't so know. that's the best entertainment league you mean by that what do you in mean term, in, uh, in terms of entertainment the, the the Premier League would be the best but not in terms of quality or you include also I think, the quality I think as host I'll jump in here and, and mediate this um, I think what <laughs> Kevin's point is I think undoubtedly, I think everyone will agree that the Premier League is the most entertaining Definitely. in entertaining league. You know, like Carl said, all the teams are very are very competitive. Everybody competes, money's being pumped in, and you you can't predict some of the results from the weekend. But I think what Kevin's trying to get at is the quality of the league, the, the quality of the play. Um, I think in his opinion, he'll get onto that. I'm sure, and he can speak for himself. But what I'm trying to get at is, I think he's pitching the idea of La Liga maybe being more of a technical league the players in that league play maybe a, a better style of football maybe not as competitive well definitely probably not as competitive but the overall style of the games watching the games you know the technical ability and the the entertainment factor coming into that i think that's what you're that's, trying to get at kevin yeah yeah, yeah. No, yeah look uh, i don't know i kind of at this point i think that i think the, the premier league gets a little bit of judgment as well from the outside leagues and people who you know are like fans of the La Liga and stuff. There's teams now in the Premier League playing very nice and similar style to what La Liga did, you know. But it's an it's more of a fast paced game. It's more of an aggressive game, and there's teams that have to adapt. You know, there's this whole thing about long ball English league, and it is what it is. But yeah, I just think in general. It, it's interesting you know like we talked about earlier the Champions League thing uh, I think a lot of the European leagues are designed better to win the Champions League yeah, I think I think in England uh, the, the, like everybody always says it the winter you know let's see how they do over the winter period because it's just so intense yep. so yeah, I did. So, Carl, your Premier League, Kevin, you're La Liga. Is that what it is? Liam Delary, Scottish League, Sam League One. Spanish League. I mean, when you look, when you look the past, you know, five winners of Europa League and Champions League, it shows now, as you said, it's not the best example since the schedule is different. But I think that in, in terms of entertainment, the Premier League is the most awesome. Uh, league in a way that so entertainment Premier League technical ability well. but technically and level, in terms of level La Liga yeah. oh, I'm Premier League for the throw it out there not biased because I'm British or anything <laughs> but I do enjoy the Spanish League I'll be honest I do enjoy watching I, I, I watch a lot of their games I do watch I can't watch those games no I, I like it trouble. I enjoy it I have a lot of trouble watching those games you know, being, I don't know what it is I think it's because your coaching style is very defensive and lumber, whereas, you know, me and Kevin are more ticky-tacker, and we enjoy that side of the game. No, no, that was a joke, but in all honesty, you know, I'd say Premier League for me. It's tough. 100%. Great discussion. Maybe something we can bring up in the future, you know, get a few people on there. Yeah, once Kevin hosts next week, we can get into it in more depth. So that means I'll be... Can we put this out to people and let them vote? Do they want to hear the French host? Or do they want to hear, you know? Well, there's only if that does happen, then we'd have to kick you off as co-host and then put me and Sam I'm in there. Co- I'm just a guest. I'm just <laughs> so then, this guest, I think this guest might have been binned. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm really gonna quit. I know it's been a long one this week. I just want to really finish it off right here. Um, just gonna announce the FIFA World Eleven and get your one word, one word thought on it. Okay, so the the team that was voted the best eleven in the world for the last year. In goal, David De Gea, Man United. Perfect. Uh, the defenders, right back, Danny Alves of PSG, Kevin. 
Left back, Marcelo, Real Madrid. Sergio Ramos and Varane, centre backs, both at Real Madrid as the two defenders in that team. Yeah. So Real Madrid dominating so far. The midfield three that might cause some controversy for maybe a couple of reasons. You can guess one of them, Luka Modric, you know, winner of the Player of the Year, World, uh, World Cup Player of the Year. The other two, which has caused a bit of controversy I've seen on, on the internet right now, no Kevin De Bruyne instead, N'Golo Conte, the French and Chelsea Bayern player. And one of my best mates in the game, as you guys know, Eden Hazard, was included yeah. in, the, in the midfield three, not the attacking three, which is interesting. Weird. I know. And I like the, that. Yeah. I agree with that. And the front three... Why not have, why not have the Bruyne yeah. in there? Can we, I'll finish and then... Go know. on. Uh, and the front three, another Frenchman, World Cup winner, PSG advocate, Mbappé. Kylian Mbappé, the 19-year-old sensation. Yeah. Centre forward, in this graphic at least. Ronaldo. Arguably the best player of all time, in many people's opinion, Lionel Messi. And uh, the, no. No? We'll get on to that. Maybe that's for, ne- that's for next week. Oh, and on the left wing, yeah. on the left wing... Cristiano Ronaldo. So that's the 11 that were voted as the best players in the world this year. One worker. I know you want to write about Kevin De Bruyne and, and the choice of Eden Hazard because you, you don't like the Belgian. But... Look, I, I can accept it. Okay, so one word on that team. What do you think? Your thoughts on that team, one word. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> it's a great team, but I think it's fair. You, do think, you think it's fair? I think it, it's fair. I, 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 in my opinion, I take Messi out. I put Hazard in and De Bruyne in the centre midfield and that'll do me. Yep, yeah, fair point. Kevin, one word. Uh, it's not going to be one word, it's going to be a sentence. Okay, <laughs> sentence. Friends, best developer of, of talent. Three French players in that squad. Not bad. One on every line. Raphael Varane, Kante, and Kylian Mbappé. Yeah, I think it helps that you won the, uh, the World Cup this year. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they would be there if that didn't happen, if you didn't get lucky against Croatia, but... No English people in there, Carl? No Griezmann, I, too? I think you could maybe talk about, you know, Harry Kane. Or, sorry, Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think you could. I, I, is this based on more World Cup or just in general the entire year? I think it's general entire year, okay. but I definitely think the World Cup plays heavily well, into it. Well, yeah, Harry, Harry Kane domestically, you know, he... He did well. Golden, golden boot winner, yeah, World yeah. Cup. So, so maybe Messi could have been substituted for him. Maybe. I mean, what about, do they do a manager or? No, nah, I don't see a coach on here, no. Yeah, they, they probably have to be in the one. The Queen of Football. Probably gonna Mar- be, Marta won the Queen of Football. Probably going to be uh, Didier Deschamps. No, it's Guardiola. Interesting fact right here, Guardiola. actually, was that De Gea was chosen as the, in the 11, but it was actually Thibaut Courtois who got goalkeeper of the year. Yeah, true. true. And I, Salah, I mean, nominated, yeah. doesn't make the team. Yeah. Very interesting uh, it's voting. Tough. It's tough. Voting. Um, you could probably put two 11s against each other. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's tough. But yep. again, like I said, I think it's fair. All right. I think we'll wrap it up there, guys. Any ended notes from you? Kevin, Any anything you want to leave the viewers with? Any Frenchness? Uh, I think most likely everything has been said. It was a pleasure to be with you this morning, my friends. Yeah. To and, let all uh, the listeners know, we did have croissants as well. 
Yeah, Kevin did bring the croissants in. I brought the coffees. Cole brought absolutely nothing as usual, but you know, <laughs> that's to be expected. <laughs> no, 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 hold on, hold on. You brought that amazing short that he's wearing today. Oh, uh, look at these kinky H&M shorts. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking about the French style, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's rubbing off on you, isn't he? You gotta, you gotta wear them tight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll sign off there. Kevin, thank you for coming on this week. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. I was gonna get, I was gonna say that you've ruined it for me now, uh, Carl. As always. Thank you for coming on. Cheers. It was great to have the uh, the Frenchman on here, get, providing us with that French elegant touch. Hopefully Sam will return next week, you know, recovering from his extracurricular activities this week, oh, by the sounds yeah. of it. You know, and we'll be back next week. All right, guys, appreciate it. Thank you. And that'll do it for week three of the Upper 90 podcast presented by Sand and Surf Soccer Club. This week, there was velocity for our club teams returning again. Good program over there in Dondo. Make sure you're invested in that. Also, the second week of skills over at Begfield from 6 till 7 p.m. and 7 till 8 p.m. was another great success with high numbers out there again. We continue with both programs for the following weeks. Make sure you check your schedules on your team snaps or your coaches emails for that this one comes out on friday this week starting again next week we'll be releasing each podcast weekly on the monday so make sure you watch out for those all right guys have a good weekend good luck with your full league games and we'll see you on monday Up on IT, a podcast presented by Sen and Surf Soccer Club. Remember, you can change your wife, your politics, your religion, but never, never you can change your favorite football team.